Why did the guy's face bounce off her big ass when he was trying to eat it? Why did the guy's face bounce off her big ass like a basketball when he was trying to eat it? Because it was double rimmed. Anyone who's ever played on a double rimmed uh, basketball goal knows the feeling. Shit uh, bounces up into the atmosphere or the manosphere. You know, because there's not many balls these days. You get my drift. Speaking of balls. Mine's actually touching the seat I'm sitting in because I'm wearing shorts and no underwear. Why is that information important? It's not. But it's just so that you know the quagmire of a situation leather does. Welcome to episode one of Often Beat. I am your host, Clint Nelson. <laughs> um, on a serious note, it's actually pretty awesome to be here. It's uh, pretty awesome to finally have my own podcast, self-produced, self-made because you know I'm built different. God, I hate that fucking saying. Stop saying that. Stop putting your quotes that you're built different. You are you are literally built like everyone else. And by everyone else, I literally mean you are built like everyone else. You are not built different. You are not mentally stronger. You are not physically stronger. You will not live longer. And most importantly, when you have to talk about how different you are, you're probably not. You either are or you're not. You either wear Skechers or you wear Adidas like everyone else. You either wear Asics or you don't. A bitch that hates the basics will always wear Asics. I believe Jada Kiss said that in one of the albums. If not, then I said it. Man. Um, in this show, um, I will literally, I have nothing planned. I don't know if that's a good thing. Probably over time, I will learn how to plan things better. But I am literally just going to talk and say whatever is on my mind. I guess uh, as a new audience member, you should get to know about me. My name's Clint Nelson. I am 25 years old. I live in the metro Atlantic area which is basically a generalization of the middle of fucking Georgia. Um, Typically, when people say Metro Atlanta, it's from the suburbs. Or it's like, you're not in the suburbs, but you could pretend that you're hard because you grew up in in between the lower and middle class. So you're like low mid class. And you say you're from Metro Atlanta. So it's kind of like you're part of a community that uh, is very contradicting of what they accept. Kind of like the... LGBTQT. Yeah. A lot of a lot of confusion there. The irony of being like a transparent, like a parent of a transgender child is a lack thereof. Transparency. What a play on words that is. Um You know, I'm not here to talk about serious issues like trans parents, but Honestly, like, how are you going to sit here and uh, give your six-year-old kid the right to, you know, tuck in their penis or the pull out their penis? Um, however, that works because I believe vaginas actually have penis in them because there's some weird scientific history that I'm very ignorant of. So I am not going to continue talking about vaginas and penises, but I digress. Um, speaking of digress, ever uh, walked into a Walmart and wondered why, why do they put the bakery right there at the entrance? Ever thought about that? Anytime you walk into the Walmart, the main entrance to the left of it, there's a fucking bakery right there. Why would you have a bakery? Why would you have bread dry out by revolving or a sliding open door where people are walking in with their nasty germs 
People are walking in with their unsanitized hands, with their unsanitized, their unbrushed teeth, their unpinched nipples, their titty flopping, booty stopping, and never going home until the mommy want to make the crock pot hamburger helper. Man, I remember the hamburger helper. Is it the hamburger? The hamburger? Yeah, the hamburger. I don't know if you guys remember, but... I think probably like five or six. I used to watch this VHS of the McDonald's. McDonald's used to have this cartoon animation. Actually, it was a great fucking story. I don't remember the story, but the animation was fucking amazing. It was not something you got in your Happy Meal. Like, you legitimately had to like fucking buy that shit. Probably rent it from Best Buy, knowing the times, but hey. It's pretty fire. Little did I know when I was 18 for my first job, I would go work at McDonald's. Not a bad first job. Not even a bad second job. Actually, not even a bad job. You want hours, you can literally apply any McDonald's. And one thing they will give you is hours. You know what else they'll give you? Your lack of will to do better. But I push back that. You can always do better. But you know what you can't always do better in? Success. You know what breeds success? You know what I have found out what truly breeds success in the life that I have endured up to this point? Distractions. Yes. Distractions will stop you. It will, quote unquote, literally distract you. It will inhibit you to not be able to truly do what you put your mind to. Like earlier today. I wanted to go and ride a bike. Haven't ridden a bike since I was 12 years old. Pedal to the metal, man, I miss my blue Schwinn. But man, I used to ride down the hill, down Autry Church Road, the hill steeper than, you know, steep. I don't really know what steep is. Steep is, I guess, a deep end, right? It's kind of like a flat earth theory, except plausible. But there was this big hill go downwards downward dog man i need to get back to yoga speaking of yoga did you know that yoga will reduce your stress by 20 percent in a day well yes it will reduce your stress it will reduce your tendons it would also reduce your ability to lift your heart up. Ever done yoga after a heartbreak? Like, man, I'll stretch out my heart, raise my heart rate, I'll sweat for this. But I wouldn't fight for that girl. Just wouldn't. Heartbreaks, but breaking bones will let you know that you're not toned. You're probably tone deaf. Ever heard the saying, to live, to give, to the idle hand, is one who will always idle for every moment again and again. By the way, don't look that up. No one ever fucking said that. I literally came up with that. I won't even remember it. I'll probably have to listen back to this and might actually do something with it. Who actually came up with the idea of single file lines? You ever realize that school is literally the main thing that school teaches you is to literally follow one another. So we all end up in a safe, secure location. Especially from kindergarten through fifth grade. Single file line. Yeah, the fire drill, that makes sense. To go to lunch, we really need to be in single file line and in alphabetical order. Is that really necessary? It's not how the world works. You don't get job interviews based off when they have their 20 resumes. Hey, you know what? We'll interview in alphabetical order. No. You know what they do? They interview in whoever the fuck shows up first. That's who gets interviewed first. 
Whoever puts an application first, whoever qualifies most, they're probably going to want to interview you first. But no, school teaches you to file, single file line. But yet, we have people going back to Walmart who apparently can't walk in a single file line. Got the assholes at self-checkout who want to hop around, get in the bubble yum. Right there by the fucking subway. There's always a subway by the self-checkout. Obviously, that's not accidental. Walmart knows exactly what the fuck they're doing. Subway knows exactly what the fuck they're doing. Putting you right by the self-checkout. Hey, you're self-made. You're self-built. And we can self-build your sandwich. Because you tell us to self-build it. Saying you created your sandwich at Subway is like saying you built your house when you paid a when you paid a lumber service. When you called HGTV to build you a house. That's the equivalent of saying you built your own sandwich. And the fucking audacity for you guys to go to Subway and call yourselves fucking creative people. We need to stop using the word creator, creatives. I'm sorry, not everyone's creative. I wouldn't even classify myself as creative. And I do a lot of shit that quote-unquote will qualify as that. I think a lot, I write a lot. I do a lot of things. I would say I'm more present than creative. I would say I just think more than creative. I'm not naturally creative. It's artificial, bitch. And you know what? That's okay. Not everything that is made in life is natural. Natural things fade over time. You have a natural ass when you're 18, when you're 42. The only thing natural about that is the cellulite. The only thing natural about that is the fact that you quote unquote have an ass by technicality, but you don't really have an ass. Thing is shrinked like a balloon at Chuck E. Cheese during a fourth birthday party of little Sally and her little misfits from the fifth grade class that she was forced to invite. Well, how come in elementary school? If you had a birthday party, you were quote-unquote forced to invite the entire class. I haven't been invited at work. I've never, well, I shouldn't say never. But when you get older, you notice how things that you're younger don't apply when you get older. It's like we try, all these generations, we try and try to raise better kids. And then... The kids always want to be inclusive. The six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, we want to play with everyone in school. Then the older you get, we become less and less inclusive. When you're in middle school, you stop inviting your friend over. When you get in high school, you don't just invite anyone, everyone in your class. One, you have a lot of classes at that point. And two, you just don't want to. You got older, you become wiser. You narrow down what you like, what you don't like. But then somehow, the older we get, we try to have that inclusion. Your mother, your grandmother, your grandfather, your father. You're always trying to get the family together. You're always trying to go to Chili's. Get the 3 for 10 deal. Get them chicken crispers and sluck it up like another day at the office. But no. It's harder. Life changes. But you know what doesn't change? What doesn't change is the ability to want to change. Yes, changing is like, hmm, what's what's a simile for changing? Oh yeah, diapers. When do you change? We are basically diapers. When we change, we are diapers. We don't change until the diaper becomes shitty. Until parts of ourselves become shitty. Till we have shades of shit. Sometimes it's a streak. Sometimes it's a big old glob of soup. Sometimes it's like a... It's like a chili relleno at your local Mexican restaurant. Sometimes it's like a tostada. A very beefy, beanie, tostada loaded griller from Taco Bell. But you don't change until shit hits the fan. In this case, shit hits the diaper. 
But you might as well just throw the diaper up and the fan wants to shit in it. Because then, you know what? When you are shit, you spread your shit across anyone that's around in your circle. Let that sink in. Diaper dandy, as Dick Vitale will say. But man, it's not dandy. It's not dandy at all. Um, It's pretty cheeks. Like Sandy. Man, I'm on a roll today. Like a casserole. Speaking of Cass, remember Cassie? Me and you, it's just me and you. Just us two. She was highly underrated. Then she was with Diddy for the longest time. Never wanted kids with her. Nothing. Never wanted kids, nothing. Casual, six, seven years, I believe. Then she meets a dude named Alex, whose last name, I'm not kidding, is fine. And no homo, but he is. And so, next thing you know, a year later, they have a kid together. And then Diddy's like, man, she was the one. Even though for eight years she wasn't quote-unquote the one, it could have just been me and you, Diddy. But you know what? He didn't. He absolutely didn't. And he had like a thing with Lori Harvey. And Lori Harvey had a thing with Future. Now she's with Michael B. Jordan. Um... Yeah, I think she's doing great. I think she's doing great. And I don't think she's uh I don't think she's actually a hoe. I actually don't think she actually has a negative point of view in my mind personally. I think she is just living life. Um She uh The thing about it though that is kind of weird though, if you really think about it. Everyone talks about her like she's the, everyone talks about her like she's this model or upcomer. She's very famous celebrity for obvious reasons, last name Harvey. She's a beautiful, oh my gosh, she's a beautiful fucking lady. But she's not even the biological daughter of Steve Harvey. No pun intended, but I'm not trying to cause a family feud here, but. Whew. You notice how when they ask Steve Harvey questions about her, like, he's kind of distant about it. He doesn't dismiss her. He obviously loves her and cares for her. Comes from his fifth wife's side of the family, probably two kids ago type of thing. If you want to look in that family history, I'm not a Perez or gossip queen or king or anything in between. But I tell you what I am. I'm up to date. Unlike my Chromebook with Anything meaningful, I am up to date on this type of shit. Lori Harvey, she had the thing with Future. Now Future is dropping little hints out there about, I think he said something along the lines of fuck Steve Harvey's daughter, fuck Steve Harvey, whatever the fuck. But man, he has like six baby mamas. He was with Larsa Pippen, brags the, about fucking Scottie Pippen's wife, who ironically still keeps the last name, even though she strongly dislikes him or whatever, but keeps the last name for cachet, because if she didn't have the last name, no one would give a fuck that she's fucking up Malik Beasley's family, which the only person that's actually fucking up Malik Beasley's family, and I'm not defending her by any means, is this dude Malik Beasley. Who, by the way, is a pretty damn good basketball player. When he was with Denver and he's dropping 20 a game, he got the contract. But man, when you kick your wife and your kid out of your crib for Larsa Pippen, like literally immediately after you had a kid together and y'all lived together and you kick them out. And then when things don't work out between you and Larsa, then all the fucking sudden you want to bitch on Instagram. But man, I really fucked up. I just wasn't in the right mindset. No fucking shit you were in the right mindset. The only mindset you were in was getting Larsa Pippen's little piper. That's the only thing you were worried about. Getting that easy bake oven. Which you will probably get your kid one day. Which ironically you could probably nickname it Little Larsa Pippen. I think he has a son. But it's whatever. Same relative nowadays. Might not be a son by the time he's 8 years old. Hashtag transparency. Whew, let's change the subject. Shit got heated. I know I'm speaking quietly. Um, that's because I live in an apartment building. And um, I'm, 
I feel apart. I don't know if I really feel a part of something, but it seems like we are a part or something. I like dropping gems of the line. I don't really write that much anymore in terms of rap music and shit like that, or really just lyrics. I typically keep things pretty simple, you know? Life is like a beautiful mystery. You go out for dinner, you could call it lunch, you could call it breakfast, but we all know what dinner is. Everyone's time frames is different. I know typically dinner is around like 5.30 to 8 o'clock, 8.30, 9 o'clock in most households, fine. But when I was younger, it wasn't the same. We had a busy family. I played baseball. I played basketball. That's pretty much where it ended. I played other sports, but in terms of competitively, like in leagues and shit, yeah, I played basketball and baseball. That's where I got my fat ass from. Because I was fat. One of the benefits of being fat when you're young is as long as you work out, when you start working out and you actually get in shape, oh man, you got a plump ass, man. Like, oh God, you got got the baseball booty hole. Then when you're out there posting up dudes in the rec league, you're backing it up. Back that ass up. You back that ass up. And then you drop like six points a game. But I did get them rebounds. And I'm not talking about off the court. I do mean on the court. I got them rebounds. Yeah. Wasn't even being deceptive. I got more rebounds than the amount of minutes Andre Drummond played in game six against the Suns when they probably could have played him. But they didn't. (sighs) Not gonna lie. I love LeBron. But like the last. I mean you tell he basically checked out like after the first quarter. When things. When they were down 45-18 and Devin Booker. Was uh, making the Lakers look like the Smush Parker years. Rest in peace, Kobe, for real. But, wasn't great. And then, what bothered me most was in the fourth quarter. I don't remember. It was like the middle of the fourth quarter. I think they were down like 12 or 14. LeBron literally subs himself out. Because they're say tired, man. He's played essentially every minute. But like two or three minutes, like, okay. Kind of weird when you're down 12 points and you're down 3-2 in the series in six minutes. But this man's human. He's 18 years in the league. If he says he needs to come out, take a minute to break, give him the benefit of doubt. So he come, he comes back in a couple minutes later. He drives down a few times. He's not happy with the fact that he's not getting calls. Some of them he should have. Some of them, eh, not really. But... When he drives and then he misses whatever and they don't call the foul, the Suns get the rebounds, they dribble it up. And literally when they're already past the court for like 12, 13 seconds, it's four on five because LeBron's just over there standing there looking at the ref, not even yelling or not. He's just staring at him. It's like, bro, your team's down nine. Get back on defense. I love you, LeBron, but damn, this ain't the Monstars. You're playing the fucking Suns. The Suns! It's crazy how that. Chris Paul should really be like a part MVP. I'm not even kidding, man. Chris Paul, to me, Jokic should probably win, man. Jokic has been fucking balling. NBA talk here now. Jokic is fucking balling. But Chris Paul does deserve top two or three MVP consideration this year. No cap. And I hate the words. People stop saying no cap. I know I just used it, but legit, no cap. Chris Paul is out here making the Suns look like Helios, a Greek god. Because no one ever saw this myth coming. Chris Paul has made them from like a 27-win team. And I know they went 8-0 at the end of last year in the bubble and shit. But come on. They went 8-0, and it didn't fucking matter because they already knew because they had no chance of really making the playoffs. They went 8-0 for no fucking reason. They went on a late run in the bubble where all that nonsense was going on, whatever. Chris Paul comes in there and literally makes them the number, if I'm correct, the number one fucking seed. Number one or number two. Could be wrong. I haven't been keeping up with the standings that much. They were the one or two seed. He made them from basically not making the playoffs 
to be one of the worst teams in the league in general, like top six or seven worst teams. Then they went on the 8-0 run to seed people, so it made them look better than they were, to making them a number one or two seed in the fucking West. How does that not deserve MVP consideration for you people out there saying, oh, he's not, his numbers are 18 points, but watch the fucking game for eight minutes. And just watch the most valuable player on that team. Watch the difference they play when he's on the court. Even when the bum shoulder in game six. The way he's setting up the offense. Even with the bad shoulder. Even if he didn't really score until the last quarter. And he is out here. Making the Lakers. I mean let's be honest. Made the Lakers look like a fucking Division Four basketball team. Wisconsin Whitewater, whatever the hell it is, man. It's like it's below the NIT. It's like the NAIA Division League Championship bracket. Man, I just wonder what about this world needs to be changed. I think about that. You know, can we really fix world hunger in a general sense? Uh, I think the world's meant to be a little hungry. Because think about it. When you're hungry, aren't you better? Isn't your mind sharper? Not like really hungry. But like when you fast for, if you guys have ever fasted for like 36 hours, right? Do you ever notice how your mind is so much sharper than when you're gluttoning your body with takeout general style chicken and white rice and eight packets of soy sauce and four packets of duck sauce and an unnecessary egg roll that you didn't need to order? You notice that? Mm. Your mind is sharper. Now, I, I kind of know the science, but I just know from experience when I have fasted for a short periods of time. Your mind is sharper, your body's sharper, everything is just better. I think a little hunger kind of reminds people that none of this shit's a given. You have the greatest economic situation growing up. You grow up, have a drug addiction, fucks up your whole life. You can grow up around a drug family, drug addiction, booty snapper. And then you could grow up and be Elon Musk. Which ironically, Elon Musk is really, when you look at what he's doing, he's really trying to take away the jobs of the common man and the common woman. He's really trying to make people as obsolete and useless as possible. Thinking he's making a more efficient, um, more Neuralink you know, type of world where everything is mostly by your intent intelligence artificially jobs will be done without you which is kind of already in place but he's going to make it where it's like it's going to be hard to even have a lower to middle class the lower middle class is going to be people making six figures a year and anyone if you can't get the six figures you're on the street you're not having no apartment rented you're not having no little house that you lease you're not having you're not having no Car that you put payments on. Cars with good credit. No, man. It's going to get to a point where six figures is like the minimum bear to live. Like, we're sitting here arguing for 15 an hour for minimum wage. Fuck that. That ain't going to do shit for you. When You ain't going to get no 15 a fucking hour when these jobs are replacing you. With literal... They're literally stealing your brains. To make you useless. Think about that. You useless cunts. Excuse my language. Excuse my language. But yes. I think about it all the time. I'm not a college uh, graduate. I'm not necessarily against college. But. um, I. I really uh, distanced myself from college. And I was actually a pretty decent student. But I felt I was wasting my days. Not to get too deep in the weeds here. Not to get too real here. But what I noticed when I was in class. 
doing things that I actually enjoyed and not paying attention and realize looking going to these classes where the teachers are just going off PowerPoint slide by slide, word by word, not really teaching anything, and all these PowerPoints are already in like the portal thing at home that you can literally look at yourself and you only need to go to class, you're just there for the optics. For the college experience, which at that school is not really much of an experience. But hey, it was cheap as fuck. But. You notice how much time in a day we waste on shit we don't care to do. But because we've been taught to believe it. You really thought about that? How many of y'all actually think for y'all self? I say that very lightly. How many of y'all truly think for y'all self? Did y'all... Um, think about it. I look at it like this. In high school. Bring it back to high school. All the teachers in every class, basically... You know, they mean well. Hey, we want, we're trying to lead you in a direction for a better career and all that stuff. Make you have good habits, you have good grades, you get a decent school, get a degree. But you notice how they, they put you in this, um, for lack of a better word, they put you in this class, literally and figuratively, where it's this rabbit race. Everyone do this. If everyone does this, you will all be successful, Right? But if everyone is doing that, doesn't that make it a saturated field? Isn't success more of finding a way to think for yourself and making it unique enough where you're not just learning, but you're creating? If you look at a lot of careers, you're reciting, you're reciting and you're learning information so you can apply it to whatever it's applied to. Like if you're a lawyer, your job is to know all the laws, know everything you were legally obligated to, your client's rights and all those rights, to know the ins and outs of a created system. The person that created law and those laws are creators. The person abiding by it are not creators. Lawyers, for the most part, they're not creating nothing. They're All they are is defending and offending. They're either attacking the defense or the defense is defending themselves against the offense. They aren't creating. Not creating no laws, being a lawyer. But it pays well, right? It pays well. That's great. I'm not... It's a great profession. I'm just some dude sitting on a, on a broken computer chair, my brother's old computer chair, a flimsy desktop that swings side to side like a penis in the wayside at a gay spa. That one hits deep for different reasons, but I digress. And a literally a portable attachment thing that I bought today. I bring that to say that you are a situation you are the situation you create for yourself. You may do with what you have or you lose what you never did. You can't lose something you never had, but you can lose what you always wish you did. Does that make sense? Not a thing about it, probably not, but hey, we're gonna keep it moving. Oh yeah, but back 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 to the point I was trying to make. When you think for yourself and you create for yourself. You create an idea. You have a specific um, direction you're trying to do. In those classes, you know what I was doing in those classes? I was writing skits. And with those skits, I started developing, writing skits, writing little short stuff. And then um, some stuff I legally can't really talk about even still so a lot of things it works it's annoying as fuck but whatever um but by not quitting school but distancing myself from school and working and then focusing all my time that I don't work at a job 
on my career and on things I enjoy. And it granted me opportunity, the quote-unquote, I hate the word networking, because I feel like a lot of people just go to places, they meet people, and they network, and nothing ever really happens, because most people love the idea more than the actual want to and execution of actually doing something, because they want things to look a certain way instead of actually what it is, but whatever, I digress, and I was granted an opportunity to write something. And it's been over a year in the works, and it still is, but damn, just knowing that I feel like I proved myself right by making the right decision. I did. Um, Start a YouTube channel. Is it going full-fledged? Not yet, but maybe after this it will. You know, um, start a YouTube channel. Um, I've done some open mics recently for stand-up. i Really, don't really rap anymore, but I used to rap with my friend. Shout out to Kevin. One of the great rappers uh, out there. If you can go and check out his, inst- his Instagram, is at Kevin Sidbury. K-E-V-I-N-S-I-D-B-U-R-Y. You see the list of all of our raps on there, but mainly go watch his, man. The dude's really fucking good. Much better than I am. I was mainly there for humor and shit. He was actually one. The idea. And... Dude's fucking great, you know, but, um, my philosophy I've adapted, and it sounds simple, but if you really looked at what y'all, what we all doing today, how much do you do more of what you like in a day or not? My goal every day when I wake up is to do more of what I like. Because if I go through a day, and at the end of the day, I did less, I did more of what I didn't like than what I did, I consider it a failure of a day. I don't say that lightly. I really don't. Um, When you, I hate to use the term this life is short. By technicality, I guess... I mean, compared to the 10 billion trillion years of the galaxy, our lives are very short. But man, 60, 70, 80 years, that's a long fucking time. And how many of you, those years are you actually living, like, feeling stimulated? You know, at best, maybe 55 out of 80 years, do you truly feel like you've lived? Like, I've probably felt like I've lived, like, 12 of my 25 years of this earth, which I don't think is a terrible ratio. Only recently have I gained good traction on that. But how much do you actually live? There's a difference between living and existing, and I don't mean the basic bullshit that's not deep, but people call it deeper. Another day where you're living is another day you're giving back to the world. So we can understand what you never, ever, could ever understand yourself. Because the fall of the leaves don't understand what you need. But you're so golden. And you're just a dog with your tongue out because you retrieve. You were not here to deceive. But god damn it, boy, you are here to go. Fuck. And that's the type of sayings we live by, right? But do you live? Do you live? Or the idea is fun. Oh, the idea is fun. Oh, the idea is so fun every time. The idea is so fun every time. Swanging. Drake is the idea of someone who fucking lives. I mean, he may hide his kid in the process, but man, he's living. He may have got killed by Pusha T, but man, he still lives and moves on. Drake is, by by the way, one of my favorite artists. One of my top two or three favorite artists. I'm not sure, but I am willing to hold people that I love, people I admire, accountable. The old kid shit, yeah. Um, it's not a great look on his legacy. I don't think one thing should define him. 
I don't think that's something that should define him, but it definitely makes you look at him sideways a little bit. You know? Hey, we gave R. Kelly eight chances. 8,000 chances. Dudes were grabbing his... Even women in recent years were grabbing his dick on stage. And step in the name of love. Ooh. Oh, he was stepping in love, all right. My sex is poetic. I'm about to get you mad pregnant. Um, underrated album. Very interesting, to say the least. Um, can't say you're really surprised. Ever listen to R. Kelly's song? You're really surprised about anything that's fucking happened? I know I'm going all over the place here, but man, I've been wanting to do a podcast for long fucking times, and this type of shit, I'm trying to make you guys aware. Chicago is the windy city, but goddamn, it don't mean have four girls under four years old for you. I mean, I think the four for four in the windy city of Chicago is really, if you do four times four, that's 16 years old, which is typically the type of girls R. Kelly's into. So really, it's the windy city. No matter how you, because I believe R. Kelly is actually illiterate. He's illiterate. I know he can't write. He can't physically like write sentences and shit or even read, I guess. Um... So, yeah, he's not really great at math, so give him a pass, you know. They may have been underage, but his mind, even younger. Um, Because if you ever just listen to him talk about sex, like, typically what makes music about, even sexual music, it's typically, there's a, ro- there's a romanticizing, it's not so apparent. Um, It's kind of... Hidden behind the tea leaves, even if it's a direct song where you know it's about it, there's still a way you go about it to make it a little pleasurable to the ear. It's not sound like you're just listening to a porno. Barry Kelly was just like, especially in his later music, he was a little better younger, but like, literally every single song of his, except with the exception of like two or three, like, uh, I believe I can fly. That one, the Space Jam one. Yeah, that one was a pretty spiritual song, uplifting gospel. Then he had the one, um, what's the fucking one where he's like, I'm the world's greatest. Oh. He like adopted some Michael Jackson stuff. I'm the world's greatest. Uh, I'm the world's greatest. Uh. But yeah, it's just amazing to me. How we will look past the obvious and things. There was a lot of signs that dude legally married Aaliyah. Like 1560, marriage and old. And we just look past it. Because, you know, I think we're in too much of a forgiving society in a lot of things. I don't think all things should be forgiven. Like, maybe you forgive a little. But don't, you know, don't forgive. Like, I'm not even saying... You know, uh, forgive but never forget. Like, nah, you just like, nah, you just like, yeah, um, yeah, you know, Arkel, I forgive your little creepiness. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't forgive the sex tape of you having sex with a 13 year old. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't really forgive that. Do we kind of forgive Bill Cosby for like literally like looting girls? We're the ludes. I mean, when you really think about it, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Is Gordon Gecko? is he really kind of like a form of Bill Cosby? Well, no, they're kind of different. I'm going to correct myself because ludes are more of a hyper thing. He, uh, Bill Cosby put, he used like, put little downers and drinks, sleeping pills and drinks. I forgot what they're fucking called, but then... He went, uh, he Cosby'd it, you know, he, uh, he really showed what a family comedy is about. Keep it all in the family, even, like, rape, um, which is kind of, you know, there's a lot of rape that people keep in the family. Um, I actually have a lyric I wrote in a song, a song I wrote called Little Debbie, it's like, um, something about... Because blood is thicker than water. 
shit, how'd it go? It's like, um, the same way family protect because blood is thick in the water. Um, pretty fire lines. Actually, one of my most favorite lines. It's a real, typically my raps are full of nonsense and funny and shit, but that's actually a real thing. The fact that it's a weird thing that families, why do we feel this need to protect like our cousins and shit? Or even our family members when they do egregious things to hurt our own family members. Like if you have a cousin that raped your daughter. Like. If you have a cousin that raped your daughter. Why do you even associate with that person? Why do you still go to Thanksgiving get togethers? Why do you still go to cookouts? Why do you still... Why do you still have birthday parties where they're all in the same setting? I don't get that. And you keep it in the family because you feel you have to protect your name. When all you're doing is your daughter or your son, whoever it happened to, sees that trauma. They see that person all the time. But you would rather protect your brother because, you know, you grew up together. You know, you know he means well. You know he's always had issues, but he's always had demons. And you took that demon out on your seven-year-old kid. And now your child is going to be demonized and look at the world in such a negative way because of that. But you just want to keep it in the family. And we wonder why we people out here fucked up doing shitty things to people. It's because when shitty things happened, then when you're younger, no one was there to protect them. So they were confused about what's right and what's wrong in this world. What's accepted, what's okay. What to stick by and what not to stick by. That's why we have this culture of, we're going to stick by someone who causes so much nonsense and unnecessary trouble in our life. But someone that is hella stable. They're not the funnest people, they're hella stable. They got... Great things going for them. They're just steady. Not too high, not too low. But. Can't stick with them because it's not a. What's the word called? Not tickling your fancy, is there? It's not flicking the clit. It's not pickling the pickles. not tickling the tick. No. It's just Steady. The reality is a lot of people end up settling and marrying and buying houses with people that if they were able to rank the order of operations of people they wanted a life with, people they've interacted, guys and girls they've been with in the past, the person they end up getting a house with is like maybe the third person in their perfect utopia world they actually wanted to. We pick and choose the good in someone, and we just want to take all, don't want to, we just pick and choose the things we want in people. We take the good, and we try to change the quote-unquote bad, when the bad actually turns into good. My belief is that there is literally... There's literally bad in every good, and there's good in every bad. You can literally find the good and bad in everything. Literally, someone could do a great deed. To some random person walking down the sidewalk in the city. See a homeless person there. No one's buying them. They go there. Hand them a $50 bill. Hand them a $50 bill. Sit down with them, talk with them for 10 minutes. Go grab them a Big Mac from McDonald's. Have a chat with them. Let them know that they're cared about and hope things get better. I'll pray for you. They walk away, right? But maybe the reason why they gave them the $50 bill was to make themselves feel better. About themselves. And I'll say. Is that such a terrible thing? Is it a terrible thing. To get self gratification. For helping someone. 
Or would you rather avoid that self-gratification and make someone feel bad for helping someone, making them feel like it's a semi-selfish act? Because you would rather people who need help not be helped. Because you would rather keep people down instead of being uplifting. But you'll uplift your breast if someone was willing to be down for you, ironically. But it's just a it's just a weird world that we live in. It's a strange dichotomy. It's a very unfortunate that doing good for anyone, not even those in need, if you just do something nice for someone, it's a sign of weakness. Like if you if you lend someone. <clears throat> if you have the opportunity to lend someone a couple hundred dollars and need to pay a bill, and you know they're well-intentioned, you know they fell behind, you hand someone a couple hundred dollar bill, a couple hundred dollars to pay something, right? Why, why is that, why does that make you a coward? Why, how come in other people's eyes, like if you're a guy that hands your girlfriend a couple hundred dollars to help her out, you're looked at as someone who's weak, someone who's simping, quote unquote, which is a very overused term, but I digress. Um, the ironic is if you're someone that uses simp all the time, you probably are one. Um, doing nice things for people doesn't make you a simp. Um... What probably follows you in that category is when you are doing things more along the lines to try to get an exterior outcome outside of genuineness. Meaning, if you are taking a girl on dates or you're just paying shit off because you're just trying to get some relationship benefits like maybe sex or sex or head or anal or... You know, night at Chili's. I mean, take her a night at Chili's. You might as well secure the bag. And, I mean, it's like, <clears throat> you take a girl to Chili's, it's a proven scientific fact that you guys will be together for at least three months. You have, like, the three-month honeymoon. Chili's creates honeymoon phases. True fact. Go look it up. Um, But, like... The simple, it's funny how the simplest things, doing simple things, doing simple chivalry things, or just simple things for people in this world. For some reason, that is looked as weak nowadays. You open the door for someone. When you, when you walk into a Dunkin' Donuts, you walk into a Starbucks, you walk into a place where you have to open door, a TJ Maxx, Verizon discount tire you open the door and there's someone and there's someone behind you you open the door a lovely lady walks in and she says oh my god thank you and then people inside will look at you like this guy look at this motherfucker opening the door and the worst part is she is so impressed by doing something that just should be standard it should be, oh, thank you. It should be more of a weird thing if someone doesn't open the door and they're right there. You go, you uh, take a girl on a date. You come back to the car. You drove her there. You open the passenger door. You open the passenger, the passenger door. Oh, my God. I can't fucking talk. You open the passenger fucking door. She hops into your leather seats. You get back in. And she's like, hmm. The way you open that door for me makes me want to touch your shoulders and make you shoulder all my depression. And nothing turns me on more than shouldering someone else's depression and lack of, you know, self-worth turns me on like a motherfucker. But the fact that opening the door was just something like, ah, cool. But if you were to go... Buy your girl a Mercedes, right? That's cool. But for some reason, it's like when you get to that point of you're trying that hard to make someone like you. 
for some reason, that seems like the drawing line. I don't know what I'm talking about. I had an idea where I was going with that. But anyways, okay, where am I at? I'm at 55 minutes. I'm going to go five more minutes. Might as well go an hour. You know what, uh, you know what reminds me of going to my mom's house? I, I still go over to my mom's house. By the way, you do never, I don't care what no person tells you. As long as you're, as long as you have a decent relationship, you know, everyone's situation is different. But as long as you have a decent mom, a decent father, mom cares for you and shit. Don't feel pressure of quote unquote being a mama's boy. For going out at the lunch with your mom. That's not an insult. It's not an insult to take your mom to some hibachi. It's not. They always got the brunch deals for like $7.95. There's no shame in it. Take your mom out for lunch. I don't care if you're 19. I don't care if you're 27. I don't care if you're 39. I don't care if you're 52 and still live at home with you. If you live at home with your mom and you're 52, you better take her out to lunch. You better cook her dinner too. You better massage. You better massage her back. You you may have to commit incest. Hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do to stay in the house. You wanna be home alone, but trust me, you don't wanna be home alone. If you get what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, take your moms out. This is a PSA to all the young ladies, to all the young men out there. Don't let the characterization, don't ever, if you have plans with your mom, plans with your dad and your girlfriend or some girl you're talking to or some guy you're talking to says like, Hey, tonight, actually, uh, I have, we should go, uh, we should go to this hookah lounge. It's like, Hmm. Yeah, girl, I would love to go to that hookah lounge with you. Sounds like a great time. We get a little lightheaded, have a great time, go to a nice spot. But, mm, taking my mom to folks tonight. Yeah, man, we get that country fried steak, extra gravy. I don't eat gravy, only white gravy. Gray gravy kind of looks like throw up after you've had Pedialyte mixed with like a Pedialyte, it's like Pedialyte mixed with uh, Chick-fil-A. And that's what great gravy looks like. You need like the chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A. Dip it in some Polynesian, Polynesian Chick-fil-A sauce. And then you drink Pedialyte with it and you throw up. That's what great gravy looks like to me. But, I digress. Take your, never cancel on your mom. Just don't do it. Don't cancel on your mom for a friend. Don't cancel on your mom for your boyfriend. Don't cancel on your mom for your job. If your job calls you in and you think you need that 60 bucks that night or that 120 bucks that night more than paying $42 for you and your mom to go out to eat, nah, fuck that job. And if that job makes you feel guilty for it, tell that job to suck your wieners, suck your clit, eat your booty hole, spread them cheeks, and call it Tuesday, bitch. Wow. I think I'm going to end it right there for uh, conclusion. Um, wow. <laughs> this was kind of fun. I don't even know if this is good. I feel like it's going to be complete trash. Some part's good. Some part not. A lot of lols. Some of you probably tuned out after eight minutes. But that's cool. It's the work that counts. Um, so, yeah. Um it was a pleasure being here for you guys tonight. Um, by the way, go on, uh, go check out the links in the description. Um, I have to the YouTube channel, um, Often Beats, O F F space N space B E A T. You can go on the channel. I have Joke of the Day. I have um, Often Beat Show. I have a poem of the day, poetry, and I have the rap series, which includes some of my older raps. If you can go check it out, like it, and uh, share and shit. Also, go follow my IG on Off and Beat, the same thing, and go follow, and you can see daily content in there as well. This was a great episode, guys. Um, I will see you next time. And remember, guys, take your moms out, eat some ass, 
And most importantly, baby.